Hello and welcome to this episode of Primarily Context-Based. This podcast is a collaboration between CTO Craft and Skiller Whale, and it was inspired by the Q&A site Stack Overflow. On Stack Overflow, questions have to have a single right answer, and questions can be closed and archived because they're primarily opinion-based. Well, we think that the most interesting questions don't have a single right answer, and they are primarily context-based. In this podcast, we're going to take one of those questions, talk about a range of answers and the context that makes them appropriate. My name's Howell Carver. I'm the CEO of Skiller Whale. We do targeted capability training, meaning that we do individually personalized hands-on sessions with a live expert remotely in one-hour chunks to fix the skill gaps that matter in dev teams. I've been a CTO for about 10 years. I've been running tech leader dinners for CTOs for four years, and I've been a CTO coach as well. And one of the things I've noticed is that the same questions come up again and again, but with different answers every time. And that's because context is critical. And today we're going to be answering this question. I'm scaling quickly. Should I scale people or process first? Here to help answer that, I've got Chris Connolly, the Director of Software Engineering from Gusto. Chris, hello, and tell us about yourself. Hello, thank you. Um, pleasure to be here. So I'm, I'm Chris. I've been working in the industry for uh, well over a decade. Um, I've seen teams grow. I've seen them shrink. I've seen them grow again. And currently at, at Gusto, and we are growing very, very quickly. Uh, not only are we growing quickly, but, but things like the pandemic has meant frequent resetting of ambition. So we change how much we plan on growing as much as every six months. So it means I'm constantly asking myself, what do I do next? People, process. You mentioned resetting the ambition. Has that been lowering the company's ambitions and taking a more modest course because it's just not achievable to scale as fast as you've been planning? So unfortunately, no. It's, it's always increasing the ambition. Um, but a big part of my job is making sure we can hit that ambition and hit it sustainably. Right? It's, it's not easy to grow all the time. Um, it's not easy just to hire people, let alone kind of figure out what processes you need or where you need the quality bar to be. We need to figure out how we can solve these problems, how we can enable company growth. Mm. And that, that link to company growth might be a good place for us to start. It might be worth thinking about why, why we need to scale. What is it that means that we need more people? And what is it that means we need more process? Yeah, great question. So ultimately for us, it's more a case of just, we want to do more things in parallel, right? And that's, that's why I think a process is a key part of this as well. You need to look at your, your structure. Trying to do huge amounts of things in parallel when you're not set up for that means you're not going to do anything faster. You'll do everything a little bit slower and the, the total sum of your organization doesn't change. Uh, the, the big thing for us is how can we do more? How can we release more customer value? In Gusto, how can we deliver more boxes and give great customer satisfaction? Mm. And can you talk a bit about what happens without that process? Because I think, I think we all understand that if there are more ambition, there's more ambition, we want to do more in parallel, but we don't have more capacity in the team, then stuff just doesn't get done. What happens if you have enough people, but you don't have the right process in place? Yeah, so I think I think it's a really good question because I, I feel like the unwritten answer to a lot of do I scale people or process first is, is people. I feel like if you speak to people, I'm sure I've given people the advice, get people right. Um, but people about process is really hard to scale. 
And what we're talking about now is scale. When, when you're really small, it's easy to get in great people and go really fast. But when you start having teams of um, many tens or many hundreds of people, consistency starts becoming more important. If you don't have process, you can't guarantee consistency. Um, even where you choose not to have process, in my mind, is kind of process in itself. Like your, your, your processes, you'll define them to be um, as quick as you need them to be. And ideally, in many companies now, we're, we're, we're choosing the, the process that lets us go faster and doesn't slow us down. Um, and in some cases, you'll decide not to have process. You'll, you'll allow teams to go off and do their own thing, but you still need that structure around it all. You still need that process around it all to enable them to go fast locally, but to know that your total system is going fast as a result. Mm. And can you talk about concretely, what are the, what are the things that you want process to achieve that that then enable that overall speed increase um consistency obviously you mentioned is one of those things uh, how much is coordination um a part of your thinking when it comes to process um and are you thinking about things like hiring and standardization of hr processes and things like that so really we we, we apply processes over a huge amount of things i kind of have this this mantra of people process platform um and it's a it's a little bit flawed because process wraps all of it you know you mentioned their hiring uh if you're scaling incredibly quickly you're going to want to have some process around your hiring to enable you to have the consistency you want to have as a as a org leader you don't want to have huge disparity between what one side of your org is is hiring for and the other side is hiring for once you start hitting tech teams of a hundred plus people, it's really, really easy to not know if managers have different bars. Then that makes performance management and, and fairness for your employees really difficult to manage. Uh, you need to have the right processes to make sure you have that right consistency. That's just around kind of people part. Around delivery, um, I'm a, a, a huge proponent, and I kind of say this all the time to my teams, actually, I, I don't want us to be managing dependencies. I want us to be eliminating dependencies. But again, that requires process and structure and, and, and ways that you think about how you approach the problems, how you, how you structure your, your teams. Um, all of this is about making sure, again, that the, the sum of your system goes faster, but you need to understand how it breaks down into those smaller components. Do you have some stories you could share of when this doesn't go right um, and when you scale people too fast and without scaling process and everything? goes wrong yeah so if i I can think about i've seen this a a few times and i'm aware of others telling me similar stories we talk about scaling people we can often talk about bringing in um great leaders right it's a thing which i i've given the advice of make sure you over hire on your managers and again if you're growing a huge amount you want to be bringing in people that are ready for the team you're going to be uh the problem is if you don't have the process then around them all these people come with their own culture, their own expectations, their own uh, place and where the quality bar should be for their teams. And, and, and something I've seen is, is people come in. I mentioned hiring before. Um, I've seen people kind of come in and have different quality bars. I, I've seen them kind of say, well, actually, this is what I think a senior engineer looks like. And another manager says, oh, no, I think that's a, a mid-level engineer. Um, as someone that's running across the, the whole organization, I need to make sure that we're, we're all playing from the same place and we understand each other to make sure that 
we're not creating disparity in our team and unfairness to certain engineers. So that's definitely a real life example that I've, I've, I've seen happen in many places and had other people come speak to me about. Mm. So there's a real big danger with the sort of left hand not knowing what the right hand is doing if you scale the people too fast. Have you seen the opposite where, where organizations scale their processes too fast and, and maybe become mired in bureaucracy that they don't need and just gets in the way of their ability to execute? So largely in my career, I've been very kind of startup and scale up. And it, it is not often you see startups and scale-ups over-indexing on process. Uh, where I have been, where the company's been a little bit older, has gone through a few iterations of, of growing, then right-sizing, mm. um, I have seen some process come in that's, that's slowed us down, um, whether that's overburdensome reporting, whether that's uh, not giving teams the right level of autonomy. Um, these are things that we always have to balance. I'm sure there are many, many startups and scale-ups out there actually light on process, but their teams already feel that they are overburdened in reporting or they don't have enough autonomy. Um, I, I've not seen this a huge amount. It, in my own personal career, it's not something I've been massively exposed to. Mm. I, I feel like I've seen that a couple of times. What tends to, it's, it's a failure mo mode for earlier stage startups where they, they bring in people who've, who've worked in very mature enterprise organizations and um, who typically arrive not quite with a binder, but with a head full uh, of ideas that might well be labeled best practice. And what happens is, they they declare to the team that best practices we do these five things every day and you know best practices we do these things which were a good idea in an enterprise organization and become uh, unnecessary kind of uh, hoops to jump through for a, a smaller team but it sounds like you've been fortunate enough to avoid those um, and you've been kind of on the other side of things so hopefully our experiences will balance nicely uh, for this topic yeah, hopefully. I, I mean, you mentioned that. I am aware of kind of, I've, I've seen people come in, you know, with that, that big experience you really want people to bring in with exactly you said, like the, the playbook. This is what good looks like. Mm. And, and you want that. You want that experience of the playbook, but you need to then apply it to your, your, your current situation, right? That's the context that you need to apply it to. Um, if you try and bring something like that, that cookie cutter solution, into a, an area which has such an entirely different context, um, you're going to miss all the, the nuance, which which means you know, which helps you be successful. Right, exactly. It's because those those process questions don't have a single right answer. Um, yeah, they are, as you said, contextual. At the risk of repeating the my standard podcast spiel, I have another question, which is why do we need to choose? This question is really whether we should be scaling process or people first. Do we need to choose? Yeah, so, I mean, definitely my advice when people ask me this question or if I kind of speak to peers is, is actually you shouldn't choose. You know, there may be times where you're indexing more heavily into one or the other, um, but I really see this as, as like an onion where you, you kind of need to 
go through different layers of the onion and different stages to get to the next stage, almost to get to the right to go to the next stage. And each layer of the onion is, is equal parts people and process. There are few companies which right at their kind of beginnings can bring in hugely experienced technology leaders that would carry them all the way to hundreds or thousands uh, software engineers. Right? So you have to accept that the, the people side, there's, there's more you need to do before you can get to there. That might be bringing in more people, it might be bringing in more process. But I really see this as an onion where you go through each layer, you mature each bit in turn, um, then you go to that next layer. And actually, one of the things which, in my own personal experience as well, um, again, if I think about Gusto in just the short time I've been there, software engineering, my department has gone from 40 to 120. Um, it will go to you know, potentially 400 over the next few years. The, the process we put in place at, at 40, they don't work. 100. Right? You need to rebuild those processes. Similarly, if I put the processes in at 40 people that I now need to put in at 100 to 200 people, they wouldn't have worked then either. So that onion is not just a case of you you earn the right to go to the next layer and to move to the, the, the middle of the onion, as it were. Um, but it's, it won't even make sense if you're the wrong-sized org. Mm. Most software people will have heard the phrase premature optimization is the root of all evil. And I think that's effectively the argument you're making about about processes. You, you don't want to optimize your process prematurely. You also don't want to lag it behind where it needs to be. You have to keep that balance, keep the, the process matching the people you have in order to earn the right to move to the next layer of, of organization. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think it's an interesting point, actually, as well, because you want to, you do want to make sure you're creating the right space for the company you want to be, right? You don't want to kind of close doors on on the future there. Um, so you always have an eye on that, but it can't be your only input. You, you have to understand what you need now. And also when it's going to start breaking, because that's just one thing which I'm going through right now as well, is some of these systems which work really well when we were 40, 50 people aren't working so well now we're 120 moving into many, many more people. Um, the pandemic's also exacerbated that even further because now we're all remote, we're, we're further apart. Actually, one of the things which I've realized quite recently is some of the processes which are, are starting to, to creak at the sides at Gusto, if we were all in the office, they'd probably still work okay. But then that just means they'd start creaking at the side when we're 200, not 120. So actually, the pandemic's almost forcing me to, to well, not just me, our entire team, look at what we're doing, look at our processes, um, and think, okay, these are starting to not work. Is that just because of the pandemic, or is that because of something bigger? And actually, as we get to be more people, it's, it's, it's a problem we have to solve for. So as an example of that, you know, at Gusto, our, our technology investment, we, we've, we've done a huge amount of technology investments um, in the last two and a half years, um, that's since I've joined, making sure that our, our platform will grow to the number of engineers that we need it to grow to, the number of customers that we need it to grow to, uh, how our product becomes more complex. There's a huge amount that we've done and there's a huge amount more that we need to do over the next two, three years. Um, systems that we had in place when we were 40, you, you could uh, rely on some of this being a little bit more implicit. You could rely on um, just communication, or I could rely on communication with engineering managers, that's no longer possible. We, we now have 
I don't know, triple, quadruple the number of engineering managers we had uh, 18 months ago. Uh, we need to create a process which allows them to um, gather up all the information they need to escalate. We need to figure out how we can empower teams as much as possible to, to work on this stuff themselves, but then understand what does need to be centralized. Um, it needs to be solved, maybe a, a bigger a bigger capacity across the whole org. So I think but the one that's really relevant to me right now is kind of technology investment. Where are we investing? Where where can we invest locally? Where needs to be invested across the whole function? You talked before about the different layers you see um, that where the, the sort of layers of complexity, I suppose, of an organization that come with it growing and making sure that the the processes you're putting in place match the layer you're in. Can you give a sense of what layers you've be, you feel like you've been through in your career in, and how could someone know which layer they were in? What are the sort of factors you're, you're looking at to decide? Yeah, it's really interesting. I hadn't thought about the layers in terms of layers of complexity, and I, I quite like that analogy. Um, one of the things we, we seem to always use is team size. Uh, it annoys me a little bit. It's, it's, it's quite easy. It's, it's really simple to use team size. Team size does bring a ton of complexity that you have to deal with. Um, but I feel it's a little simple. Um, I have no doubt there are companies out there with um, much bigger team sizes than others but have less complexity to deal with. I have no doubt there are uh, companies out there with smaller team sizes and huge ambition and huge pressure to, to, to deliver. So... I'm not sure how we could kind of best define like those layers of complexity or the layers of the onion. Um, despite that, I'm not a particularly big fan of it. Team size is the one that really obviously jumps out to me. Right, that's where if we're talking about people. Really, people means team size. Um, it it means where how many people do you need? What's what kind of experience do you need from your team? What for you have felt like the inflection points where you've you sort of found yourself thinking, ah, this is. This, there's a kind of categorical difference now in what we need. There was last week and there's this week, and those feel like different organizations in how I'm, how I'm going to think about them. Yeah, that's a great way to ask the question. Actually, you know what? My answer then isn't team size. It's actually layers of management. Um, and if I kind of think back as um, not just in my own personal growth in my career, but also companies that I've seen grown, right? when I was... Uh, managing engineering managers directly, I saw that as one level of complexity. Right? And actually, we talk about the onion. Then you know we need the people and the process in place to manage a team of managers. Um, now that next layer is as we bring in managers of managers. Um, now it's the next layer of complexity. Our, our people processes, our people and our processes need to evolve. Um, one of the things that it means for me distinctly as a manager as well is I now have less time to manage. The engineering managers and the engineering managers will drive the entire culture of your organization. They're the ones that um, interface with all of your engineers on, on an everyday basis. Um, so it's been a very interesting transition for me personally, going from a point where I I can help influence and, and you know, give my own opinion to engineering managers directly to going through managers of managers. So I, I think that's probably a really interesting way to think of the onion actually is, is how many uh, layers do you need to get through to have your message heard, to have your, 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 your influence felt? 
Yeah, it's funny that you land on that actually, because the the dinners I mentioned that I run for CTOs are are organized by exactly that. So there's a dinner for people who are still uh, working on the code themselves, as well as trying to lead the organization. There are dinners for people who are leading the team. There are dinners for people who are leading the the team of people who lead the team. And then there are dinners for the people that sort of layer above that. Um, so yeah, I, I agree that that's a sort of sensible way to, to think about the structure that you're in. Can you talk about some of the shifts in your thinking about process as you've been through those layers, because I think that will help someone who's listening to that this to work out, well, I'm in this layer. And so now I should be thinking about this. So one thing that jumps out to me is it's not so much an answer to what process do I need? I think that's a really, really hard uh, question for us to answer here. But one thing that's kind of materially jumping out to me and becoming more and more apparent is how you roll out this process. Um, and again, I mentioned before about my own personal ability to influence and who I spend my time influencing. Um, when you're in smaller teams, you, you can roll out your message directly to the whole team all at once. Um, as you get larger and larger and more removed, if you do that, you'll cut out you know, maybe multiple layers of management. You need to make sure that they're able to support and, and land whatever process you want to have. Mm. So rather than kind of saying exactly what process do you need, I, I think there's some really obvious things around, like you need the right processes around people, whether that's performance management, hiring, you need the right processes around delivery, it's knowing when you're going to deliver or, or managing your technology and its, it's, its uh, ability to scale, its, its production incidents, whatever it might be. I think more interesting is how do you make that happen? Um, mm. Is it something which you as the leader, you, you write out what you want the process to be and then land it with 20 other people? Um, is it you as a leader have a vision of what good looks like? You then pass that to someone else and they help define that process for your whole org and roll it out to managers to roll out, roll out to their team. So I think that process is something that's really interesting for us to think about. As I, I mean, that different layers of the onion, how do I land process? Right, because at all those layers, you're getting progressively further away from the individual contributors themselves. And so rather than... I don't know, rather than reviewing every single pull request, your work becomes much more about influencing and setting culture and process direction rather than kind of being directly involved yourself and, and making those changes happen. Yeah, exactly. And kind of setting cultures really is what we do as leaders a lot, right? That's where that culture is around um, how, how, aggressively we want to go after our goals, whether that culture is around um, how important uh, bugs in production are to us. You know, different companies will have very different tolerances to, to, to qu the quality in, in production. Um, ultimately, that, that culture is what we create. Yeah, 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 definitely. Do you have any missteps you've taken along the way that you can share where you think if I if I had my time again, I really wish I'd done this differently. So I have one one thought that I think almost everyone has answered this question ever by saying, which is try and land your management layers as early as possible. Um, I feel like it's such a cliche answer at this point, um, and I'm sure everyone is trying to do it to our point right at the beginning. Hiring is hard, yeah. um, 
that 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 has to be part of the answer. Um, and you know what? It's the people part, and then the other side, the process side of the answer, is uh, try and get a view early on how easy it is for you to to influence and kind of cast your your vision um, as you grow your management team. Your your message A gets diluted, but B it, it's harder to to push it through many many people. So knowing you know whether it's through setting principles or setting processes, whatever it might be, um, how that ever growing team is staying consistent. I've used the word consistent a number of times. Um, that's something which I I wish I'd done earlier. I mean, my, my kind of transition at the moment at, at Gusto. Mm. I think the the mistakes I've seen have tended to be the opposite, the opposite way round, where someone has been brought in as a as an expert with their big binder of best practice because they've worked in a well established enterprise successful company, and they've tried to translate things directly across, and it's not worked, and it's got in the way of good engineering and releases um, and that that context um, has been has been forgotten so you mentioned about different companies having different tolerances to to bugs um, if the software if you bring in someone who's been working at let's say I don't know a rocket guidance system as their last project um, they have a, a certain tolerance to bugs which you would hope is extremely low um, where someone who's been working on the kind of new Twitter for Dogs app might might be less worried about uh, bugs reaching production, um, and is is keener to you know to deploy fast and get changes into production and iterate. Those those people, if they're each trying to bring their own best practice to the conversation, are going to need some mediation to find a middle ground where there's a process that works for the current project that might be completely different to what they're they're comfortable with. How do you find out about my dogs idea? Wait, you're doing one too. (laughs) Chris, I want to say thank you so much for your time and all of your thoughts. I think this will be a really useful introduction for people to help them understand where they are in the complexity of their organization, how they should be thinking about um, people and process and how those things fit together uh, and what they need to be doing to scale them. Thank you very much for having me. It was a pleasure being here and, and speaking with you. Awesome. Well, join us next time when we will be talking about another question that is primarily context-based. <laughs>